Philippine police respond to an explosion at the state penitentiary. Health Secretary Francisco Duque admits the implementation of the universal health care law means higher PhilHealth premiums. U.S. President Donald Trump set to meet China's top trade negotiator at the White House. And netizens slammed the spokesman of President Rodrigo Duterte, branding his four-hour morning commute as a publicity stunt. Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program. We begin with a blast at the maximum security compound of the new Bilibid prison, an area occupied by violent extremists. The explosion was reportedly caused by an improvised explosive device. Let's get details now from Jerome Lantin, who joins us on the line. Jerome, what is the latest? Yes, uh, Carmina, we got uh, confirmation from uh, NTRPO chief Guillermo Elezar that uh, around 10 a.m., while the demolition is ongoing at Quadrant 1, an explosion occurred at Quadrant 4 of the maximum security compound inside the new Bilibid prison in Muntinlupa. NCRPO uh, immediately deployed their uh, explosives and the Ordnance Division team and K-19 to check the area. During the process, it was found that the cause of the explosion was an improvised explosive device or an IED. After a thorough search of uh, the area, Two hand grenades and uh, two blasting caps were recovered inside the shanties or the uh, kobol uh, in, uh, adjacent to the explosion site. Initial investigation showed that the explosion site was uh, occupied uh, previously by uh, violent uh, extremist uh, offenders such as the uh, members of Abu Sayyaf Group, Maute ISIS, Raha Sulaiman Group, Jima Islamia, and the uh, Moro Islamic Liberation Front um, inmates. Um, there were no reported casualties from the explosion. Back to you, Carmina. All right, Jerome, just a couple of questions for you. So when we talk about these IEDs, you know, it's very quick for authorities um, to say or to determine if there was indeed a signature um, within that IED. Um, did authorities, have they said as much that this is somewhat a handiwork of a group that they know of? Yes, uh, Carmina, according to uh, General Lazar, they are still uh, uh, conducting investigation. If the explosion was triggered by accident or if it was, if it was uh, made uh, uh, purposely to uh, injure the clearing teams uh, doing the, the demolition and the clearing of the maximum security compound mm -hmm. inside the NDP. All right, we are going to continue to follow that story through you. Jerome Lentin there joining us on the line. We appreciate you joining us this afternoon. Filipinos will soon reap the benefits of the universal or of universal health care. But as RJ Cruz tells us, it will come at a price. Philippine Health Secretary Francisco Duque leads the signing of the implementing rules and regulations of the Universal Health Care Act. Witnessing the event are officials of the Health Department and Philippine Health Insurance Corporation or PhilHealth, as well as lawmakers who played crucial roles in the passage of the law in the 17th Congress. The IRR will pave the way for the implementation of the UHC law, which ensures holistic health care for all by reorienting health care towards health promotion and preventive care from a curative care-focused system. Each Filipino will be assigned to a primary care provider who shall be the first contact of health care. Primary care providers will deliver free essential health services and guide patients through the different health care facilities. All Filipinos will also be automatic members of the PhilHealth as direct or indirect contributors and shall be eligible to no-balance billing once admitted to basic or ward accommodations and hospitals. 
except in cases of catastrophic diseases like cancer. Parang sumakay ka ng aeroplano, kung economy ka, sagot ng Philadelphia yung ticket mo. Pero kung gusto mo mag-business class o mag-first class o yung uh, talagang uh, very comfortable ka na lahat ng amenities andyan, hindi na kakayanin ng PhilHealth. Duque, however, admits the expanded benefits mean an increase in PhilHealth premiums. Nasa UHC law, ang premium tataas ng increments of 0.25%. Ito ang pinakamababang increase uh, kung ihahambing ito sa mga GSIS and SSS and pag-ibig. Ito ang pinakamababa pero pinakaramdam. PhilHealth President Ricardo Morales gives his assurance despite the past ghost claims controversy, the agency can still be trusted with the public's money, citing the internal reforms implemented since they came in. We are doing everything to keep your money safe. Quezon Representative Helen Tan and Senator Risa Ontiveros both promised to work to ensure the law will be fully funded. It's a total uh, reform on the health system, no? um, which means Hindi uh, agad-agad bukas ay yun na ang uh, realization. Ito na po yung parang Magna Carta of Health Laws. Ito na po yung framework health law natin. In partnership kina Rep. Helen bilang sila yung uh, chair ng uh, House Committee on Health, babantayan po namin kasabay ng kabuang pagbantay sa implementasyon ng universal health care law yung pong taunang pagpopondo nito. Tatrabahuin po namin yan at babantayan namin year on year. Health Undersecretary Mario Villaverde, who chairs the sub-task force that wrote the implementing rules and regulations, says the IRR went through a series of consultations in Metro Manila, North Luzon, South Luzon, Northern Mindanao, Southern Mindanao, and Visayas. RG Cruz, ABS-CBN News. Onto the U.S.-China trade front talks between the U.S. and China enter a second day. This time, U.S. President Donald Trump will meet with China's top trade negotiator at the White House. This report. For the first time since July, top trade negotiators from the U.S. and China were back at it Thursday, trying to hammer out a deal to end a bruising 15-month trade war between the world's two biggest economies. President Trump, in an attempt to dispel numerous reports the talks were off to a bad start even before they began, tweeted, quote, Big day of negotiations with China. They want to make a deal, but do I? I meet with the vice premier tomorrow at the White House. Optimism fueled by reports from Chinese state news agency Xinhua quoting head negotiator Vice Premier Liu He as saying China is willing to reach an agreement on matters that both sides care about in order to prevent further escalation. That's a much different tone from earlier reports out of Beijing, which suggested Liu was so disturbed that he was planning to leave Washington on Thursday after just one day of talks. The mood around the discussion soured earlier this week when the U.S. government put 28 Chinese public security bureaus, technology and surveillance firms on a blacklist over allegations of human rights abuses against China's minority Muslim population. The State Department went a step further and slapped visa restrictions on Chinese officials. China has threatened to slap tit-for-tat travel restrictions on U.S. nationals tied to anti-China groups, sources told Reuters. And Beijing remains upset about the ban against any U.S. entity doing business with China's Huawei, the world's biggest telecom gear maker. Here's a Chinese foreign ministry spokesman on Thursday. I wish to stress once again the relevant actions from the U.S. side are neither ethical nor glorious. 
they also violate the market principle that the U.S. always flaunts. China urges the U.S. to stop its unreasonable suppression and sanctions on Chinese companies, including Huawei. Treat Chinese companies fairly, justly, and without discrimination, and to do more towards promoting the healthy and steady development in Sino-U.S. trade cooperation, and not to do the opposite. But there could be some positive movements. The White House will soon permit some U.S. companies to supply non-sensitive components to Huawei, according to the New York Times. And China this week announced it will buy even more U.S. soybeans and pork. Meanwhile, a U.S. Chamber of Commerce official told Reuters there's a possibility negotiators could reach a currency agreement in exchange for a delay in another round of tariffs. Punitive tariffs on another $250 billion worth of Chinese-made goods are set to go into effect next week, which would mean nearly every Chinese export to U.S. shores would be hit, including many consumer goods that have so far been left out of the trade war. President Duterte's spokesman arrived at work in Malacanang this morning after a nearly four-hour commute. Secretary Salvador Panelo reportedly left his home in Marikina City at 5.15 this morning. He took four jeepney rides and hitched a motorcycle ride going to the palace. He arrived just before 9 this morning, apparently late for work. Panelo explained he traveled twice and went back to Marikina after reaching Cobao. As he wanted to have a closer look at the plight of commuters, he insisted it would have only taken him around 15 minutes if he went straight to Malacanang from his home in New Manila. You don't even have to go through the ordeal, if you can call that ordeal that I went through. I see them every day. Sir, kaya ko lang tinanggap yung hamon kasi nga parang pinalalabas nila kami mga nandito sa pwesto ngayon, hindi namin kayang gawin yon. Pinasinungalingan ko lang sila. Merong I mean, traffic crisis, pero hindi transportation crisis. Kasi when you say transportation crisis, wala ka na sinasakyan. Paralyze ang buong traffic. Panelo accepted a dare to take public transportation after he drew flag for playing down the daily struggles of commuters. Panelo said he's willing to do it again. Well, the critic who slammed Malacanang's denial of a mass transport crisis in the Philippines also commuted his way to his interview with ANC here in Quezon City Friday morning. Bayan Secretary General Renato Reyes initially took the bus going to the LRT station. Heavy traffic, however, forced Reyes to walk to reach the Santolan station. Reyes initially hoped to commute with attorney Panelo this morning, but the palace spokesperson refused. It would have been simpler if Malacanang just admitted, yeah, there is a mass transport crisis, but no, they didn't, and they gave so many suggestions that people are already doing that. No? People are already adjusting by an hour uh, just to be able to commute and arrive on time. So, very insensitive yung remarks ng Palacio. No. And it somehow trivializes what other people are going through. The whole point of this challenge is really to call attention to the worsening situation of the mass transport system and to find solutions. Magkaroon ng pag-uusap. There should be a dialogue among different stakeholders. What are we going to do 10 years from now? Because we realize there's no quick fix. There's no magic bullet to solve this uh, current crisis. You have to think long term. So what is the long term plan? What are we? What are the infrastructure that we're going to build? How are we going to integrate the different modes of transportation? 
Hashtag Panelo became the top trending topic on Twitter Philippines this morning. That's as several commuters shared online photos and videos of the presidential spokesperson taking the public transport. Many were quick to call it a publicity stunt. They dared Panelo to commute every day while asking the government for real-life solutions to the daily challenge. USD student Joshua Del Campo pointed out Panelo can commute every day without fear of sanctions or getting fired from work. Local celebrity Agot Esidro also chiming in with an open letter for Panelo. She tells him there should have been no announcement, no publicity and no fanfare. As for mom and blogger Noemi Dado, she says, well, at least he tried. The Brooklyn Nets took down the Los Angeles Lakers in a preseason game in Shanghai. It was in danger of not pushing through due to the row between the NBA and China. The Nets lost stars Kyrie Irving and Caris Lavert to injuries in the first minute of the game, but still found a way to beat LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers. The Mercedes-Benz Arena was packed despite a number of Chinese sponsors pulling out and Chinese state TV deciding not to air the match over the NBA's response to a tweet by a team official supporting Hong Kong's pro-democracy protests. While the game went on as normal, the NBA did not schedule any pre-game or post-game interviews. League Commissioner Adam Silver had said the NBA will not suppress the freedom of speech of its players, coaches and employees. And that's today's online edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. Don't forget to like and share this video and leave your comments below.